off we go. It's the 19th of January, 2021. G'day everyone, it's uh, Crafty from Craftworks Distillery and this is Aussie Craft Distillers shooting the shit. And we've got a special guest tonight, which I'll talk about shortly. So first of all, um, let's go around the room and uh, who's here from uh, the Australian side. So we have the Todd, my right-hand man from Craftworks. G'day, Todd. G'day, guys. Nice to how see you online. How are you going? All good your side? All good on my side. Excellent. All right, then we switch over to Luke from Local Nerd, who is the engine room behind Aussie Craft Distillers shooting this shit. G'day, Luke. Uh, hello. How are you going? Very good. Looking forward to tucking into a lovely ILA dram. Oh, yes, and you've just uh, given it away, what we're doing tonight. And that's, it's all good. All I good. think that was in the title. I think <laughs> I know, that was in the title and maybe <laughs> maybe all the posts that I've done. Maybe one or two posts. All over the whiskey people, forums. They yeah. might have seen it. Yes, I just think you're come. right. <laughs> anyway, so, and we move on to our guests tonight. So, for Aussie Crafter Still is Shooting the Shit um, tonight, we are going to Isla. And we are talking to someone who lives on Isla, knows Isla, knows the people of Isla, and loves the Isla whiskey, as well as other Scottish whiskies. So, without further ado, I'd like to bring in Rachel McNeil from the Isla Whiskey Academy. Rachel, you there? Hello, Crafty. Happy hey. New Year. <laughs> Happy New Year. Happy, Happy New Year, Rachel. Happy New Year. Yes, this is... Um, welcome, welcome to Ayla. Yeah, well, this, this is going to be good because um, as you would know, as, as you would know, Isla's normally swamped with uh, people from all around the world on pilgrimage to Isla to experience Isla, Isla whiskey and what Isla has to offer. So um, they're not doing it right now. So this is, um, this could give us all a bit of an insight to what's happening in Isla. What's, what's the go now? I mean, it's all on our, our social me media feeds and uh, there's a lot of whiskey fans in Australia who, who love uh, whiskies from Isla. Um, so Rachel, why don't you give us a rundown on, on what it was like pre-COVID, just say six months prior, pre-COVID, to what is it like now and, and what's the ins and outs, what's going on in Isla? Okay, Crafty. Well, um, first of all, it's the morning here, so I might not be as as, uh, as awake as the rest of you guys, but I'm, I'm getting there because I've got my, my breakfast, Lafroig, to... To keep, to keep me going. Uh, what, what, what are you drinking, Rachel? Which Lafroy is well, it? I, th I, I thought go big or go home. So to, to yeah. kick off the morning, I've got yeah. past Lafroy. Nice, nice. <laughs> it, it's, uh, <clears throat> I don't know what Lafroy would think about calling it a breakfast whiskey, but I would say this is a special occasion. And also this is our New Year dram together. So Slanger. It is indeed. Slanger. Perfect breakfast whiskey. Mm. Perfect evening whiskey. <laughs> <laughs> hey guys, well, as you know, um, Isla are very busy. Um, what we have is no season. We have people all the time, but it's different kinds of visitors. So 
Um, and the shoulder ends of the year, it's your um, whiskey geeks, guys like yourselves, um, people who come and they are usually usually in uh, groups of, of friends, not, not particularly with family at the shoulder end of the year. Um, they're here to buy lots of bottles, stuff them all in their suitcases, take them home. In the summer, we have a different um, kind of um, visitor. So it's more family people. Um, they might go to the distilleries. Uh, they might take some children if they're allowed, you know, because you have to be over eight to go to a distillery usually. Um, it's a different uh, a vibe of of the visitor. But we don't really have a, a season in that it starts in March and ends in October anymore. It's constant because people come, they come, they want to come for New Year. There's people right. even come for Christmas. You know, so the so the year is constant, but it's it it changes, the demographic changes moving through the year. So up until March, our lockdown last year, that that was kind of what was happening and it's been building 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 that we've had no season so so we've had no rest in the winter there's so been constant you know then it came covid and lockdown and zero right but for us the the certainly the first lockdown i mean this is kind of a secret but i did not speak to one isla person that didn't love it it was phenomenal because it was peace. There was no chemtrails in the sky. The birds were singing. There yeah. was no vehicles on the road. It, it went back to like our childhood times. And, wow. and people just loved it because it was so unusual. It was like held in suspended animation. So although there was no income, you had this amazing, unusual experience. And the weather was fantastic here. So people were out in the gardens, mending their houses. Um, we could only go, I think it was a five mile radius from our houses, but, but because everybody lives near the shore or yeah. hill or the woods or something, it was people could go walking, so people were outside a lot. So everybody chilled right down and, and calmed. And, and it was actually, it was lovely, right? But then, so then we thought it would start coming back a bit in the summer, late summer, but the distilleries are not, were not able to offer what they did previously. I mean, you could come to the distilleries, but, yeah. you know, small groups, you couldn't have large groups. Um, a lot of them were only offering certain tours, not the normal, because there used to be very, very expensive, exclusive experiences that I would organise for my uh, guests and students. But these things were, it, it was all muddled crafty. Then what happened was we are now into another lockdown. So Scotland, England, Ireland and Wales, I think are all in lockdown four, but the Western Isles, which we are, Isles, the most southern of the Western Isles, we're in yeah. lockdown three, but there's no distilleries open, no, no hotels open. We're not allowed to visit each other's homes, I don't think, until it's going to go in, maybe until two weeks in February or something like that. So it's all very static and it's a bit strange, really. We're starting to miss everybody now. We're missing you guys. <laughs> <laughs> so, it's, so, it's, so, it's, 
it was like it was like a holiday for us first time crafty yeah. and all of but now I'm a bit like that oh sick of it now <laughs> so I, I think I think in some ways it was a bit like that here in um, the first lockdown people slowed down um, yeah. because they couldn't do a lot so it was it was a forced slowdown, and you talk to certain people, and they were like, "This is really quite enjoyable." You know, I, I get to, to do different things, but uh, yeah, of course, as it's gone on and on, and uh, where we are right now, yeah, it's challenging times all, all around, and puts a lot of challenges on businesses all over the place. For sure, and also um, because it's January here, our weather is not not very good see the first lockdown it was a fantastic spring and it was yeah. lovely the weather was lovely but just now it's not very good and i mean it's in isla we're very privileged because we're sort of in a cocoon it's it's you know it's easier for us i would say because imagine if you lived in glasgow in this in the city in the middle of the city or something and this lockdown and it's dark i mean this morning when i got up to to come on with you it was dark because I'm in a different routine to normal. So normally right. you would be up at seven o'clock, out the, you know, busy, busy. But now I'm like that. Oh, I'll just, I'll just get up when it's nice and light. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not, you know, I've got a different, different, a lot more relaxed routine now because mm -hmm. you're just doing thing, you know. So you can, can schedule your day anyway that suits you. So you know, people. And if it's raining, craft, you know, folk can't get outside. So I think people are going to struggle a, a lot more in this lockdown in Scotland, certainly, or maybe in the Northern Hemisphere with the, with the light, you know, the yeah. lack of light. The lack of light? People. Yep. Affects people. Mm -hmm. ah, so right. that's, that's the situation. So we're just, I mean, I've had to cancel two academies. So my academy last October was cancelled and moved forward to this March yeah. so I just just moved everybody and made that decision that last year I thought yep we'll just move it to March and then um I don't know when we got well we got the feeling mm, even the March one so, so the March one's been rescheduled to October so that's two full academies that I've missed wow no oh. yeah. well let's let's talk about the Isle of Whiskey Academy let's let's talk about what what actually is the Isla Whiskey Academy? Um, it's your brainchild, I believe. You've you've put it all together, and I, I've known you a few years now, and I've, and I've seen some of the work that you've put into it. Just explain what you do, um, and and sort of take it back to pre-COVID days. You know what what was it, uh, how you launched it, and go into a bit of detail on it from a from a education standpoint. You know dealing with other distillery, uh, distilleries and that and how it all works. Okay. Okay. Um, thanks, Crafty. Right. Okay, so the Isla Whiskey Academy grew out of my brand that I made years and years ago, maybe about 15 years ago, called Whiskey for Girls. Yeah. Whiskey for Girls um, was the, the, the first... Um, the first brand or the first website to to pay attention uh, to to the audience of women in relation to whiskey because it's not that women were stupid about whiskey or anything it was that they didn't maybe know because 
nobody took the time to explain it. And it wasn't just for women, because I started and I called it Whiskey for Girls, right? And then I was blending the number about it. And he says, Rachel, I'm excluded by this company. I'm excluded. And I said, oh my God, <laughs> I'm excluded Jim. <laughs> so it's Whiskey for Girls and Guys in brackets. <laughs> so it's all inclusive. It's all inclusive. So it started doing that. But it was like a, a, a way of talking about whiskey and connection to other things, maybe about music. Um, it, it, it wasn't the normal or conventional, uh, you know, distillery website vibe. It was a different vibe to the website. And just, so that was interesting, but I was still doing my normal life when I did that. That was like a kind of, um, you know, it was just a kind of side thing that I was doing and because I enjoyed it. And yeah. then I just, I was going to run um, like whiskey tours and tours of Isla to bring people to, to come here and share with them. So I constructed each tour was individual to the person or the group of people right. and they you were know, completely hosted. And also, so like I would take into account the level of the, the people and, and um curate the, the tours from the distilleries that would match in. I would think about where they would stay to, to just to maximize the best use of their time. And then when we would be driving about, I would be talking and telling them all stuff about the distillers. And then I realized people really, really liked this and they, they, they actually even wanted to learn more. So I thought, well, why don't I put together like a, a whiskey school for, for a week and um, work with the distilleries, work with um, theoretical educational lectures. So what we do is we have um, in, in blocks of a week, it's called the, the, the residential diploma. So, so you come here, we host you. Um, it's all, it's like a package. There's a school and there's accommodation all included. So right. in the morning we lectures and it goes through the, the it's very practical it goes through the distilling process so see and, and it's different every year because I don't want to be repetitive I want it to be living and growing so we have um, maybe a focus on water because people people weren't really teaching folk about that you know that would only be if you were in the industry you could come and learn about water and how it affected production then we do um, maybe about yeast. So lecturers will come in in the morning, people, people will sit. So when, when we had um, the last one I ran was um, um, uh, Dr. Graham Walker, who is the man that teaches the people at Harriet Watt. And right. he, because I make it, I, I invite all these people and I say, would you like to come and teach uh, at the academy? And, and I say to them, it's not, I, I, don't, I don't like it being, you just come and do your lecture and then you go away. I say, come, stay, come join with us for the rest, you know, for a couple of days, you know, be my guest, have fun with the students. So, so all these people come um, to teach my students because they, they come and they, they have fun themselves. It's not just a job. Do, yeah. do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You know, so they're bringing their passion with it. Yes, yes, and it, yeah. like I say, bring, bring, your, bring your wife, bring your husband, you know, whatever, 
you know, and then so so we do lectures in the morning, crafty, and then we do in the afternoon we go to a distillery and we learn the corresponding thing that we've learned in the morning in a practical sense. So um, we focus on so for instance when we were doing water, so then we went to uh, Bruchladich because they've got the the well, you, you know, for the Octomore Spring up the so, top. Yes, yeah, so we so we took. Yep. Um, so we go and maybe to see James Brown and he takes them down to the well. So there's there's the theory, then there's the there's the, the tricky wee bit, and then there's the practical in the distillery. So they so they learn like so from Adam Hannett or you know Alan Logan, they'll, they'll really give them in-depth in the afternoon. And then at night we have events. So for instance, we would have um the Scottish Malt Whiskey Society, uh, my great friend John McChain. Right. They'll host a, a, a dinner and a tasting. And, and people can attend these. These are, what do you call it? If they want to go, it's not part of the course. You know, they can attend if they want. So we host these things. Um, there's, so like uh, the boss, Mr McEwen, always hosts an, a special event, it might be a Q&A, private Q&A session, or you might do a tasting or something, just whatever. And so folk are invited to attend that, so when everybody attends that. Um, what else do we do? It's some, like one time um, we had a fantastic dinner with a Dalmore distillery. So it's not just, um, it's not just Isla at night. Right. Can, people will come in and do, things for us um so so it goes through the week like that and how i choose the distilleries is when i send out my email saying this is the week this is the week whoever gets back first then i just because obviously there's already five days so yeah and i choose five distilleries. but what we do is we invite our guests to come the day before and then they have a big presentation dinner on the friday night you know and then they get their certificate because there's an exam on the friday yeah, and, and then they're invited to stay with us until the Saturday. But what happens is quite a lot of people will stay longer, crafty, and visit maybe the other distilleries that weren't part of the course. Right. So they, yep. they might come early or stay late. Um, I mean, they, they do that under their own steam, but I'll help them organise things. So that's the basis of the uh, diploma. Um, so we are hoping. Just now, what we've been doing is we've been running it in the Gallic College, which is just outside the village. Yes. Beautiful, um, renovated, old, it used to be a hospital. Anyway, we are hoping this year that we're going to have our own venue, which is so exciting. <laughs> um, so that's, that, I'm hoping that's going to happen. And once we have our own venue, Crafty, then we will do the diploma maybe once a month because at the moment I was only doing it once or twice a year. So right. I'm going to, and then we'll be, we'll, we'll have a whole program of events for people when we have our own venue. So it'll be a lot more um, that we can shade a lot more and, and do a lot more things with people. So that'll be very exciting. Wow. So, so, so that's, sorry, it's, I was gonna say, it, so it sounds like the, the distilleries on Isla are, are behind it. They, they, they want to be involved in it. Um, Certainly. Yeah. Um, the, the, the biggest supporters um, are, are, I would say, um, Brachladich are fantastic. You know, they're really fantastic. Yeah. Common are good. 
uh, Lafroig, John Campbell is fantastic. Our big are fantastic. We usually have our big on the last day because the first one I ever did on the Friday, it was uh, marketing and, you know, because that's part of production. Because if you don't market your product, no one will know about you. So because um, our big always did this amazing witty marketing, you know, they're, they're about the only distillery I feel that does a, a, a witty, apart from yourself, but I mean, you can like, you know, it's humorous, the market is uh, humorous, you know, was- so, um, like, for instance, when they, when they did the, let me think now, was it, was it the Grooves drum, and they did it, and it was like, um, what was that festival in the 60s in America, you know, the, the hippie festival, it's Woodstock? Yes, yes. So it yeah, was yeah. like Woodstock and Mickey was dressed up as a hippie and they were all dressed up and they had this man walking about all day and they did a wee square sign, you know, and he was a wee bit older gentleman. Obviously, he could have been at Woodstock, you know, because of the age and he was walking about with this sign and Woodstock was all about love and peace, you know, of the, from the hippie yeah. time. And the wee sign said, give Pete a chance. <laughs> <laughs> Because in the, in the Woodstock, they were all, but the we say, saying, give peace a chance. So, you know, I like our bag for that. So we always go to our bag on the Friday and Jackie creates and Mickey, but Mickey's not there now. You know, there's a new manager at Lafroy gets um, Colin Gordon. He used to be a new manager at our bag. He used to be the manager at Lagavulin. Mickey's right. retired yep. now. Yeah. So, um what else? Who else? Arden Hall, fantastic support. Um, Benahaven, yes. The Diageos, mm, a wee bit. Oh, Bomora are a great support as well, yes. But um, we're, we're, I think maybe, um, I think Diageo might change because now they're, now they're, um, they're creating a thing called the Johnny Walker Experience at Kalila. So maybe, right. they'll, maybe they'll be um, maybe they'll be more on board. I mean, they're not. Of course, they're not unsupportive, you know. Yeah. But everybody else as as comes forward with support. If you see what I mean. Yeah. Yeah. No, I understand. So, yeah. so uh, just on, um, I was just thinking back as you were, as you were talking there. I visited Isla in uh, I think it was two thousand nine. And it was for the annual whiskey festival, which I always pronounce it wrong. So, can you tell me how to pronounce it? Fish, fish, Ela, fish, Ela, Ela. Yep. So, fish. so when it's written, um, you've got fish. I think the fish has got an. So, fish. It's the F E I S, and it's got a. It's got a grave on it because it's an extended vowel. So it's fish, right. A, fish. And the S, the IS is sh, so it's fish. And then it's ELA. ELA is ILA. So the I, L, E, so it's ELA. And the I is extended, that's a long vowel. So it's ELA. And the, the E is short. Yeah. So in, in, in the past, we used to have a grave and a, an acute to show that the E was short, but they don't use it. They don't use the that one now. They just use the extended one. So it's fish ela. Fish ela. 
I think I'll, I think I'll stick with the annual whiskey festival. It's easier. <laughs> it's probably also easier after a few drams as well. Dear Sheila. That's, that's yes, you no. get into the glass, you'll be able just to see it instinctively. <laughs> <laughs> Fear Sheila. So when I went to the, yeah, it was the 2009 Fear Sheila, yeah. Yeah. Um, I, had, I had a fantastic experience. So I was there on my own. Um, and, and I remember coming off, I flew from Glasgow and I got off the plane, walked out of the airport and thought, where's the taxi rank? There was no taxi rank. <laughs> <laughs> it's so sophisticated. Uh, it, it was it was it was it was cold it was windy and i had no no idea but um it, it was sort of the it sort of set the tone for the whole trip it, it was it, it was a deep exploration in, into what isla was about and, and I, I was just amazed with the people and everything but um one thing was it was like the united nations of whiskey drinkers you know uh, it was, uh, it was particularly Lagavulin. It was the first one that I went to that I noticed it. It was just everybody was so passionate to be there, to take the pilgrimage, to come to Isla and to experience the Fishila. Um, why, why do you think it is such a, a magical thing? Why do you think it is a pilgrimage to, to whiskey lovers? Even if you're not a... You know, a peated uh, whiskey lover. There's a lot of people that go to Isla just to experience it and try the different whiskies. What? Where does that come from? What's so special? Well, I think uh, crafty. I think a lot of it's to do with um, nowadays. So many people don't live where they come from. They they're not. Their lives are not enclosed in their family or their original community. And I think when people come here, they, they kind of fall in like you did <laughs> to this enclosed community that is many people who were brought up here and lived here. And it's a network of uh, knowledge and support it's like um there's people that live on the land and yep. there's people that live in the land you know so you can live you live vertical or horizontal horizontal people are just that folk that dot about and don't really connect but i think um because we until the whiskey kind of fashion boom i would say in the last 25 years we were an undiscovered island. No one knew where it was. Everybody knew where Sky was, um, unless you were a, a, a whiskey geek, really, or a, a whiskey connoisseur in those days. You know, um, the, the Italians knew because the Italians um, and some of the French. But apart from that, nobody paid much heed to us. Maybe maybe longer ago than twenty five years. Maybe like thirty years. And um, but but now. So, so we were still quite old fashioned, if you see what I mean. So yeah. people love that. And what I found was that people connect to the distilleries the way they would maybe to a football team or something. But then people make friends in Isla because right. they come to the fish. And 
Then they, they, they come back because they want to see their friends because there was a, a whiskey company one time and they hired uh, the Ramsey Hall and Hotel for three days and three nights to run a big fancy bar with all different whiskey. And I was like, well, no one will go because they don't come for the whiskey. They come for Isla and the island. The whiskey is yep. kind of secondary. I mean, I now, now, now it's changed a wee bit because what you have is people that professional flippers. I'm not personally against flippers because people go on about it on the Facebook sites all the time, and it just bores me rigid. Because I'm, I'm, I'm for the wee guy, and I'm like that. Okay, I'm, I'm happy if a wee guy makes whatever out of one bottle. Good, that's good. But I don't, the professional people that come in and hoover up everything, they're just the same as a corporation. So I'm not yeah. so, I'm not, I'm not so for that. And we're starting to see stuff like that happening, Crafty, um, because the fish and Isla is becoming a bit like, um, so before people came, this was a destination island for like love of it, yeah. like absolute love of it, right? But now what's happening is there's a layer of fashionable people that come because it's a bucket list tick. Do you know what I mean? It's not because yeah. they absolutely love Isla. It could be, it could be, do you know what I mean? It could be Tyree. Whereas, whereas before it, people love Isla, Isla itself, you know? Yes. So there's this, this, this other layer, but that's just because we're fashionable just now. So I mean, maybe they'll maybe they'll either start to love Isla, or maybe they'll just fashion away now to the to the rum distilleries because rum's the new fashion. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> rum's the new fashion. The rum renaissance, as someone says. Oh, that's good. Yes, definitely. So um, I think I think that's got a lot to do with it. And I'll, I'll tell you a lovely wee story about yep. that epitomizes the fish for me and Isla. So. Um, uh, Florence Gray is our chairperson of the FASH committee and I interviewed her for Whiskey for Girls a, a long time ago and I said to um, Florence what is the what epitomises the festival for you what's the thing that is the most important to you and I thought Florence would say all, all the visitors that come from all over the world or something big, I thought she would say something really big. And she said, um, well, I think it's when they all leave the Clutie Dumpling Cayley and when they go out the door, I put a wee bit of shortbread in their pocket and I say to them, you keep that and have that with your drama at New Year and think of your friends in Isla. Oh, and wow. I thought, that's, that's, what, that's what we are and that's what I want us to keep, that old-fashioned hospitality it's, it's very traditional scottish but we're modern because we're connecting out to everybody from all over the world yeah. you hear more international accents in the lockside hotel you know at the festival yeah. on in in isla then you will outside nowhere outside like glasgow edinburgh you know, you, you, yeah, there's yeah. from all over the world here. Mm -hmm. Yeah. No, it's like I said, it's the United Nations of uh, whiskey lovers. It's it's part of the pilgrimage. I'm going to stop and pour myself a drink. So well, how's yours, well, Rachel? Well, how's... you got tonight. So I've got a Lime Burners 
which is Ooh. a Western Australian, uh -huh. very established distillery. And this is a PX cask. And it's um, it's quite tasty, if I say so. What, so, what age of that craft is? It's very pale. It is. It is a very light PX influence, this one. Um, actually, age statement. I don't think it has got an age statement. Uh, no, it doesn't have an age statement. It was a special release uh, from an organisation here called the Whiskey Club. It's a subscription service in Australia. Okay. Um, so, and it's um, it's a very good summer, summer whiskey, this one. It's... Um, Quite refreshing. Would you not agree, Todd? He's not there. As things switch. He's off. muted himself. Ah, oh, Todd, you muted yourself. <laughs> Put yourself back on. By accident or design. I unmuted myself, so I didn't. You didn't hear me chuckling and carrying on. Oh, fair it's enough. A very, <laughs> it's a very good whiskey, that one. Yes, it is. So, you know what I'm drinking. So, what are you drinking, Todd? And it's Australian. It is Australian. And it's not yours, it's Corowa. Right. Which one? Which one's that? This is a port cask. Um, yeah, not, nice. It's no age statement as well. It's 55 yeah. percent. So yeah, it's, very, it's very, very nice. Very nice. So Rachel, uh Corowa is a um a um small, I wouldn't say that small, uh private distillery in a little town in New South Wales called Corowa. And um, it's in a, um, an old flour mill and uh, they purchased the flour mill for a dollar wow. off, off, the, uh, off the local council on the condition that they, they renovated in that. But they, yeah. they, they did a, a little video when they, um, uh, they were talking about Corowa. This was a couple of years ago. And uh, they said, and we, we got the mill, we, we bought the flour mill for a dollar. And then you heard, yeah, but it was full of pigeon shit. <laughs> which, which is very Australian, as you as you well yes. know. <laughs> um, a great, so, great bunch of people. Yep. Would you say in Australia then that uh, you are your whiskey is more likely to be in um, wine casks, port casks, things like that? Have you got more? Is, is that more accessible to you, these kind of casks, than the bourbon casks that we use over here? Is that predominantly, would you see people use more um, winey cask, brandy, port, that kind of, or not really? Yeah, it's 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 a bit of a mix. It's it's definitely a mix. Um, uh, one, of, one of the issues we have in Australia is um, a lot of old fortified casks uh, have been in hot demand. And um, so those casks are getting more and more expensive. So yeah. people, are, people aren't necessarily going into port casks and that. Um, they're going into wine casks. Uh, some are going into wine casks that, that are wet fill. So straight from the, the winery and uh, decanted in the winery, straight to the distillery and filled straight away, uh, which yeah. is a little, little bit different. Um, yeah. One distillery of note that does that is Starwood. Yeah. Uh, Star, Starwood down in Melbourne and, and Starwood's had a lot of success uh, with that approach. Okay. Um, but there's people um, yeah, going in, into uh, all sorts of wine casks, they're experimenting uh, into fortified ports and sherries. There are people importing uh, PX casks or also casks from Spain um, through importers. Um, but there's still a, you know, a fair whack of bourbon that comes into the country as well. 
um, and and bourbon. Uh, there's a there's a bit bit of a it's a perception, but there's a bit of a tilt towards bourbon. People are uh, really starting to enjoy um, Australian single malt whiskey and bourbon casks. Um, and there's been conversation that you know, for example, uh, there's some uh, Tasmanians that have been doing it and going. It really works with the type of spirit that they're producing. So. Okay. It's a bit of a mix, but the good thing about um, Australia is um, the limitations we have, uh, as you well know, you know, we don't have a lot of those heavy constraints that, that the Scottish have, you know, there must be a traditional uh, form of barrel that's been used. In Australia, we don't have that. So we have um, distillers going into um, hardwoods, going into Australian hardwoods, going into Jara, going into redwood, uh, red gum, I should say. So ex experimental, very much experimental, but but it is, is happening. Very exciting, Crafty. I find it very invigorating, um, the, the, the Australian kind of craft industry. I mean, of course I love ours, you know, and I don't want ours to change. We need that tradition and, you know, to hold it like that. People can experiment, but they, they, we need to keep the parameter of, the, it's like the champagne what do you call it you know the appellation that you get the stamp yep. I think you need that in Scotland and the stronger that that is the better to call it single malt scotch you know yep. but yep. I think that anybody can experiment out with that and I don't think they should be seeking to call that under the under the umbrella you know but I don't think folks should be inhibited about doing stuff I think we should keep this core of Scottish like caliber old-fashioned style to yep. differentiate us in the world, I think. I think we need to do that because of mm -hmm. all the world whiskies that are coming through. But, but I do find it very interesting uh, what you're doing in Australia. And I find your journey very interesting. You know, how you start and you could get your, uh, you could get your, um, your, 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 your mash from someone else, you, you know, so you can, people can build up. But it's yes. now, Weird. If you wanted to make a distillery, you've got to do the whole thing at once. So that makes it very difficult for the normal, you know, normal person like myself or anyone. You know, you, you need a big, huge investment. I'm not saying that yours was not a huge investment. I don't mean that, but it's... What's to me? <laughs> <laughs> but do you know what I mean, Crafty? Yeah, 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 I get it. Start with eight, eight million pounds, you know what I mean? You can maybe start with like... I don't know, one million or eight hundred thousand or something. Yeah, no, look, it's you're right. I mean, I I started uh, craft works with the smell of an oily rag. Uh, you know, secondhand pumps, hoses that that didn't connect properly, um, and I'm still like that. I'm, I'm getting better. I'm get, definitely getting better, but uh, I think now. Uh, yes, he is getting better, but very slowly. Very slowly. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I le I learn things slowly. I, I don't learn from my mistakes. Rachel, that's for sure. <laughs> you were saying this, something about you can't teach an old dog new new tricks. Oh, that's the one, yeah. <laughs> I thought, but I thought, I thought Crafty was going to say, I don't learn from my own mistakes, I learn from other people's. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yes, we, we do make a lot together. That's... <laughs> but yeah, there's, um, the, you know, the, the Australian spirits movement, and it is a spirits movement, is very, very dynamic, um, changing rapidly, um, definitely getting more expensive to get into it now. And there's a lot more regulation starting to come into play. 
So if I look at you know where when I started, which is only a few years ago to to now, you know, what it takes to get into it, to say three years ago, five years ago, 10 years ago, it's totally different. It's totally different. Um, but um, the industry is very collaborative. Um, you know, su supports. Yeah, yeah, yeah we, we still see that. Um, you know, supporting new people that's coming in, and you know, it's um, it, it's good to be part of it. Absolutely, it's good to be part of this. So yeah, yeah no, it's exciting. It's um, slange Yeah, slange. So um, I was going to uh, move on to innovation, but um, just before I do, Luke, what's what are you drinking tonight, mate? What's in your glass? So I've already finished off my um, my Starwood Fortis. Ah, uh, Starwood. Speaking yep, of the yep. uh, the wine barrel cask, red yep. uh, American oak red wine barrels. Yeah. Uh, I'm now on to, and I've almost finished um, my Kiloman, which the bottles around here somewhere. Uh, Kiloman STR cask, and I'll probably move on to a Corowa after nice. this. Uh, I've got the Corowa Mad Dog Morgan. Uh, which has matured in musket wine casks. There we are. That'll be a punchy one. Yeah, there will be. Yeah. All right, back to you, Rachel. So you talked about um, Scotch, the brand Scotch, and, and how it's important to protect that brand. There's a lot of value uh, around that, that brand. And the brand is, is traditional. It's very, very traditional, as you said, Rachel. Um, is that, in your opinion, is that the general feel in the industry in Scotland that that they, it, it's imperative to hang on to that? That's the first question. The second question is, there are people doing quite innovative things in Scotland. Um, you know, I got wind of uh, Holyrood um, not so long ago and fascinated by, by their approach. So um, how do you think innovation is approached in Scotland with the bounds of Scotch? Okay. Um, That's a double barrel. <laughs> I, think, I think there's two, I think there's two um, strata crafty. Yeah. One strata is um, craft in a small, small is not the right word, but you know, in a mode it, well, it's epitomised by people that the, the argument is like, what, uh, where do you get the flavour from your spirit, right? So your big companies will say uh, 70 to 80% is from the cask. And your people that are making whiskey from the outset will say, no, no, the 100% in the, in the new make, then right. it's 100% in the cask. Because you, you, you do, see people, I don't know why people argue about that, because there's no argument, it's like arguing up between apples and oranges, because you either use what you've got, your, your yep. water and your yeast, and you work out from them, and you create a product that is of these flavours, or right. you decide you want a product in this parameters, and you use the ingredients and you modify them to create this thing that you want, which is what traditionally, well, you know, what is big companies kind of do, and that's why they say they, they want to make this kind of quality neutral not not too much 
not too much flavoursome sounds with no flavour, but I mean not too much huge character of the new make, and then you bring in the cask influence. Or there's other people who are trying to work with different yeasts, different barley strains that want to make the, the new make itself. So that's like doubly hard because you've got yep. to engage with these jaggedy, you know, it's all these flavours coming out of this and then you've got to do it with the wood. So I think there's two stratas of, of distilling happening at the moment in, in Scotland and everywhere. So one one is that um, you're either making whiskey to appeal to the big market and you're going into new markets. So South America, Russia, India, blah, blah, you know, like that. Yep. So you're producing more and more and more and more or you're becoming smaller and more refined. Or, do you know what I mean? Like, yes, make, understand. Do you know? So um, I think um, we'll start with the Isla. So I would say Kilhoman is the smallest and refined because Anthony, he he has he has um, doubled the size of the distillery because he's built a new still house that replicates the old still house. Bloody blah, but at the same time, it's still a small farm distillery, and Anthony's interested in. Uh, making unusual things like the the str cast that luke had you know yep. he's growing different kinds of barley um he's it's he's got 100 isla i mean i'm quite sure he's probably got in his mind that he's going to do an organic i've not spoken to him about that but i'm quite sure he will so there's that and i think that's an innovation in itself that we're not expanding 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 we're, we're keeping it tight and focusing on different you know, growing different barley, he's, he's yeah. doing barley trials, you know. Then I think another innovation, which is maybe not what you meant, but I think this is vitally important, and I think all distilleries need to think about this, is what Bricladi are doing. Bricladi are a B Corp company, right? And that there's only 3,012 of them in the world. And what, shockingly, and what that is, it's a, it's a company that runs for the benefit of the community, Oh, like an old-fashioned company, I mean. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and so being a distillery that yeah. are running like that, Crafty, apart from all the, the things that they're doing, you know, with their innovation with it, organics, the Isla Barleys, they've got 22 farms growing for them in Isla just now. That's wow. amazing. Because mm. our farming industry is very difficult and, and the... the the, the, the beef production is a way down, 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 down. So farmers are lucky that now we've got this cereal product that, that we can grow for the distillery because yeah. you're seeing, as you drive around Isla, you're seeing loads and loads of fields of barley. Whereas when I was a wee girl, you saw loads and loads of fields of beef. It's changed. Right, so, yep. So, that, so that's a, an interesting thing. But Brachladi also have to... To be part of this B Corp, you can't just pay lip service and get this a thing. It's like a, an award that you live by your business practice. So they've got to be environmentally friendly. But that means psychologically environmentally friendly within your community. And right. I think that that is innovative. And I think, I think that all distilleries, all businesses should be working at like them. And I, I, I'm, I very much admire them for being out in front with that. To talk about your point, um, innovation, I would say uh, a distillery that I've got my eye on and I think they're fantastic is Nick Nian. Have you heard of them from the, the no. Arnold Peninsula? 
I, I brought a bottle wait and I'll show you. So they are a small craft distillery uh, run it's run by women it's not all women that work in it but it's, right. it's it's women that own it so they they're working crafty was the thing that fascinates me so much it's wild yeast yes okay yeah sorry so, sorry what was that what was that distillery name again it's called nick Nian. write it down luke I've never heard of it. It's in the Ardnamanachan Peninsula. It's very new, crafty. Okay, yeah. and I'm it's, googling it's, as we speak. You need to. You need. You need to. About forty years to get there. You know, it's it's a way out of the way. And this is their first. This is their um, inaugural bottling, right? Wow. And it's, I love the design of it because they've designed it to make it accessible. The the bottle because we're used to large whiskey bottles, right? Like, yes. for example, right? Yeah. And I, I thought the bottle had to be that size to hold the 70 CL. No, it's designed that way to, to because it, it was kind of designed for men. I don't mean that in an offensive way, but, you know, it was the size of it was designed for men's hands. And, you know, it was only thought about in the, in, in, in the, in the man's weight. It's come down by default. Yeah, I mean, okay. That's an interesting view. Whereas they, they changed that, right? And they made this bottle. And it's it's, oh, so, it's awesome. so accessible. Um, it's all organic, right? It looks very Japanese. Yeah, we, yeah. well, yes. Mm -hmm. But it's mm -hmm. like, it, it's, you know, it's kind of like softening the vibe a bit. I don't like to use the word softening, but That's it's not beautiful. Like, uh, and it's got the ribbon. Do you know what I mean? But it's uh, but this is organic whiskey, um, um, and this was yeah. a, the standard release. So this wasn't like a, a special. You know, this was right. the first release. So um, I'm very taken on with them, crafty, and they they're not. Um, I mean, I'm quite bad about whiskey because I say I go. I don't take anything in my whiskey, and I drink water on the side. You know, but I completely support anyone if they want to put coca-cola in it i don't think that we should control what other people do who who are we to say that the way that we perceive our drinking of it is superior if someone enjoys the flavored who am i to say that the way i get the flavor based is is more superior and you know mm. so i don't so i don't uphold that dead you know um, dictated to people, but I mean, I do take it straight myself, but I want folk to take it any way they want. But they, 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 their advertising campaign was something about um, a cocktail at six o'clock. You know, that was, so this is the organic right. single malt, and they're going, take it in a cocktail at six. You know, so I like the way that, I like this expansion of it's like an expanding, it's like an opening of the box of all the concepts that we hold without even yeah. realizing we hold them, preconceptions. So, yeah. so I would say they're one to watch crafting. And I shouldn't be. And unfortunately, it looks like we can't get it. Uh, Master of Malt is completely sold out. It's very, very small, very small uh, runs. Um, yeah. 
one yeah. certainly one to look out for and uh, and try and get on a list to get it. Um, also, I shouldn't be telling you all these because I should keep them a secret. <laughs> <laughs> now, I think you should interview Francis um, uh, Crafty for your program because I think yeah. you and he on very well. I'll introduce you. So this Please, is Francis yeah. from Daft Mill. Have you, have you heard of Daft Mill? Daft Mill, yes, yes. You know, you know about it. Well, I mean, I never just, tasted that, that milk, but, oh but I've heard of it. God. It's one of the best whiskies in Scotland. And, oh, and wow. he, he, he is the only true farm distillery. I mean, Anthony calls himself a farm distillery, but he's a distillery on a farm, you know. Right. But, but, but um, Francis, it's like in the olden days when you ran your farm, and then as part of the agricultural year, you distilled your excess. Barley. Well, that's yes. what Francis is like. He hardly just he only distills when it's suitable for the farm. You know, he's, <laughs> he's this distillery that was designed by Jim Swan. So Jim Swan designed Kilcoman. Yeah. So it's, it's commensurate in size with Kilcoman. And it's I mean it's amazing, you know. So so, so I like I like um because I like that concept that He's not running all the time because he, he, I mean, they're very exclusive and, and he makes a lot of money out of them because he only distills every so often. But, you right. know, he could he could be distilling all the time and probably making a lot more money. But I like how he makes it. It's just a thing that's part of the, so that's very old fashioned. You yes. Know? So, so, so I think the, that's very really innovative. He's the, so only the, Darth Mill, the Darth Mill was available from the oak barrel. Uh, oh. One of our favourite places. But just been uh, sold. All sold out. <laughs> <laughs> just, just sold. Just sold to Luke. Took the last two bottles, didn't you, Luke? Sorry. <laughs> hard, hard, hard to get a hold of. Um, who else do I like? Um, well, I haven't been to see them, but I like how how it's so small. As uh, the Thompson Brothers up at. Um, so on the Black Isle, and they made a distillery out of an old uh, fire station shed. And that's two oh, brothers. Yeah, I've heard about that, and, I, and I've seen seen photos of it. It is very, very small. Yes, so so I like that, you know, because it's like as though they started distilling in a cupboard. And yeah, I've not I've not tried any of their stuff, um, crafty, so I can't I don't know anything about it. But I like that. I I like that, you know. I, I think that more people should be doing that. I, I think we I think we should be doing home distilling. You know, why not? Who yeah. says? You know, I think it would be fantastic. Um, so I, I agree with that. I think Australia should adopt home distilling as well. Just <laughs> quietly. Well, in the past, everybody distilled. Why? Why is it a thing? Do you know what I mean? You can and. In, in Italy, you can grow grapes and have your own wine. No one yeah. comes and says you can't do it. Why are we not allowed to grow barley in a field and have our own whiskey? I mean, it's, I'm not going to start ranting about that. No, I was just saying, nothing's likely to change <laughs> on that front. It's a show, no politics. <laughs> <laughs> now, we've had a, a question actually from my dad. Yeah, um, bring it in. Just looking at the uh, the organic influence on flavors, um, 
is the Nicnean peated? And does the peat need to be organic as well as the barley? Uh, well, peat, peat, peat really is organic mm. because it is like thousands of years old before we polluted it with chemicals. You good know, point. we've only been, we've only been doing pollution, pollution since our generation, really. Well, maybe our parents. But so peat, certainly an isla, you know, it's in the heather. So it's not cultivated land because you can't really cultivate peat. So it's like a neglected land. So it is organic of its own. Hmm. Are you going to run out? Yeah. Do you, do you think there's a possibility of you running out of peat? Um, well, peat is not a renewable resource. Although people technically call it such because it regenerates at one centimetre a year, right? Or something ludicrous. So so the people that want to make money out of it say, yes, it is a, a renewable resource. So we don't need to have, but other people go, don't be ridiculous because you would need, you know, for it to grow like a foot, you would need like a thousand years. So that's <laughs> hard, hardly renewable. But what we are doing in Ireland is that we are changing the way that we use it and we're maximizing um minimizing the use and maximizing what we get out of it so we don't we don't dry our, our barley at all anywhere uh, with 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 peat it's dried it's dried by fans you know it's yeah. only flavored by smoke Whereas, like in the olden days, that's why it was peated in Isla because that was our our, our um, heat source. You see, that's why we became famous for our peated whiskey because it was peat that we had. We don't have coal. We're an island. How do, you know it's hard to get coal, so everything burnt peat. So the whiskey became very very peated because it was dried and flavoured by our peat smoke fires. Whereas other folk had coal, you know, like maybe Campbelltown or that and Speyside or whatever. Um, so nowadays what we do is we break it up into peat calf and we just maybe put a, a, a you know, like a, a layer over the top like that and it's very much damped down with cold, with cold water, they spray cold water on it because you right. don't actually want flames, you just want this smoke coming up like that and they've got it, you know, they work it so that they only peat it for the shortest time they can to reach the levels of ppm that they want that technology is really they're paying close attention to that yes um, so they're not extracting so much peat to achieve peated whiskey as they were in the past the only thing is we are making a lot more whiskey so you know but they are they are a weight off it so and and that peat sorry just Continuing on with my dad's rapid fire questions. Um, so that peat, does that, is that from dedicated peat growing or peat producing areas, or is there also farming on top of that? So then no. just extending to the organic side of things, if there is uh, uh, non-organic farming going on, above the peat, does that factor into the, its, its organicness, I guess? Yeah, it, you can't farm on peat. 
right? Pete, it's a dead thing. So you're not going to, you can't, because it's compressed, there's no oxygen in it, so you can't farm on it. Right, so, you can't grow anything on it. No. So, Pete so not, even, not even grass or anything on top, it's just dead. It's not grass really that, um, not grass that animals could eat. It's, you could, right, you, you okay. Can't, can't cultivate peat. Yeah. So, so you can't have you can't have a simultaneous uh, beef farm and peat. No, no. Oh, right. Okay. So, so you've got your peat mosses here. It's like it's like how you've got a cliff, you've got a a, a valley, you've got a peat moss. It's it's a distinct landscape thing. Do you see what I mean? So you you have so so. Um, so they're 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 like moors, or in Australia, you know, the outback or something yeah, like that. I guess it's like our desert. <laughs> well, kind of, but yes, kind of. But people, yes, but a lot exactly. But people think that that means that there's nothing there, but it's actually very, very well. It's a carbon sink and and peat. Mm. It's full of home to birds, nesting birds, certain insects, certain um, lizards and things like that. It's an ecosystem and the planet would be very poor. Well, we couldn't exist, I don't think, without them, you know, because of how they feed into everything else and they're part of the ecosystem, but they're not, you know, they are a thing of their own right and, and you can harvest them. It's when you start, so the, so the, has been used naturally domestically for thousands of years. It's when you start exploiting something for commercial gain that everything gets buggered up because you go out of harmony with what the landscape can harmoniously provide. You're you're bleeding it then, you know, and 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 that's what we need to be very careful about. And does ILA have any sort of programs in place? for that specific thing where obviously if if there's been a huge whiskey boom and more peat is going to be needed are there things that the that the, the government's doing or the regional councils are doing to try and um i guess allay that or or help it, yes there's a, a, an organization called sipa um environmental is it Scottish Environmental Protection Agency? I don't know what the A stands for. Maybe, you know, so they, 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 they look at your assessment, you know, if you wanted to do something, how that would affect the, uh, the peat moss, you know. They also take care of the extraction of water, you know, so that you're not bleeding the, um, the water table. They, they, they take care of it. But I think because of the nature of Isla and because of what's happening to us now, I think there should be a dedicated super for Isla because we've got all these basically factories because that is what they are. They are plants now, plants growing, you know, plants not growing, but, uh, you know, manufacturing plants because they're manufacturing whiskey on this small area of land. So I think there should be a, an Isla super or the equivalent because we're, we're not the same as other other areas and that we need to be looked at um, individually. Yeah, that, that leads in nicely to my last question. Um, and that's talking about Isla in the future uh, because as, as Luke just mentioned, you know, we're in the middle of a, a whiskey boom. 
the boom's likely to continue for some time. So the larger guys are looking at putting more distilleries, putting more, building more distilleries. And of course, Isla would be a, a target for sure because of the uniqueness of, of what an Isla whiskey is. So what's, what does everyone, in your opinion, think on Isla about the future of Isla and the industrialization of Isla with, with more and more distilleries trying to set up on Isla? I'm so pleased you used that word, Crafty, industrialization, because that is what's happening to the island. Yeah. And people, people, people don't like that. They don't like that because as soon as, so this, remember we talked at the beginning about why people love Isla? Yes. And it, I said it was like an old fashioned community still and it had, it was people lived in the landscape, not on the landscape. If you industrialize a place, then it becomes suburban. It does not be what it was loved for. It changes. You know, your Gallic consciousness is gone. Um, so I'm very concerned about that happening, Tyler. Uh, you know, people think, oh, this is great. Let's make money where the sun shines. Hustle, hustle. But what, you know, it's it's a it's a feeling as well that people have, you know. So, for instance, people like driving along the road, and everybody goes on about the Isla Wave. I don't know if you've heard of it, you know. So, everybody likes when you come to Isla that everybody waves to you, but it's because we think we know the card, and we're just used to waving to everybody because we know them. And the place, the place is becoming so busy now that at Bridgend, at the T-junction of Bridgend, you might have seven cars in a row. Oh, my God. I mean, that's just a nightmare. <laughs> seven cars. <laughs> you, need, you need traffic lights. <laughs> <laughs> you don't know any of them, you know. So, so while we like our visitors, we don't want to become like Sky or worse, like Venice which is being destroyed by all the people that come to it because they love it. And everybody loves Isla, so they don't, they don't want it to be destroyed either. So it's something that needs to be, we need to think about really, you know, deeply, I think. And also, I don't understand why a distillery would come here and then bring in water, have to bring in malted bar why build here why not build somewhere that would benefit from that that's got the resources it's yeah. not like driving to a place outside Perth you know that's easy to get to Isla is bound it is a, it is a do you know what I mean that although we might have a, a dedicated ferry service or you've even maybe got your own private boat coming in Isla is different by its because it is an island, you know, yes. it might be easy access, but you can't think about it the same way that you would think about Stirling or or somewhere in Speyside, because yes. it's it's different. So I, I, I hope people will pay attention to that. And I'm hoping that because of this COVID time, I don't want folk to go back to normal. I want them to go back to a new normal where they yeah. love Mother Earth and they think about the landscape the community, the psychology, the heritage, all these things as we go forward. Not just a blind, all of us trundling forward, making money. Because what's the point of doing that if we ruin 
the beautiful thing that we've got. That's beautiful words, Rachel. Beautiful words. Well, and I know you're passionate about it. That's why I brought it up as, as the last question, because I, th <laughs> I, th I thought it was a good way to... It was a terrible rant. <laughs> <laughs> I can cut you off now. You can't rant. It's the last one. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's awesome that's oh. that's awesome all right um have you got any last words rachel um it's it's been a pleasure talking to you again um i mean you followed my journey right from the start and i'm very appreciative of that and you know, battered ideas off you um and you've got you, you've got your way with the with the isla whiskey academy and that looks like it's going to go from strength to strength uh, there's just such demand for for information and you I imagine you present it in such a just a, a format that it's just easy to take in and I would love to at some stage in the future come over for a week and just do the do the the whiskey academy because oh, that, that would be brilliant that would be fantastic yes I hope yeah. you can um, <laughs> well, well I'm very excited about um because of lockdown yes uh, and no visitors coming here I thought well what can I do? So I created an online course called Whiskey Affinity, and it's in segments, it's in volumes. So the first volume has been released, it's called Court in the Dram, and that's about, it's about Scotch and context, which is so important to me, that it's, I want people to understand how whiskey arises out of the, the land, yep. the language, the weather, how it's connected to our music, our food, so all these flavour notes and patterns and structures can be correspond to all other things. And so I created Court in the Dram to, to let folk experience that. So right. if, any, if any of the, the Australian people want to purchase that, you can buy it for 44 Scottish pounds on the website. And what's the website? What's the address? Uh, the website is ilawhiskeyacademy.scot.scot. Ilawhiskeyacademy.scot. Yep, yeah. And that's so under that, the so that's under the education section of the website. Um, at the moment, it's on the front page because the website's getting made. Uh, look, and it's a bit of a mess, so please excuse it <laughs> um, because we're getting it revamped. So it's on the front page under like a blog post. Yep. Because uh, it's 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 all about disheveled. Um, so we're 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 actually working on that. But oh my god, it's a huge project. Okay. <laughs> yeah, there's, there's, a, there's a big grey box on the, on the homepage there. Uh, online whiskey course courting the dram. That's it. That's the one. So they and can just buy the credit card through PayPal. I think as you just and then it gets delivered to you within twelve hours through WeTransfer which incidentally is another B Corp organization like Bruchladi. So it's a, <laughs> WeTransfer is a good company. That's volume, volume, Vol, one, volume one. Volume yeah, one. And that, focuses, that focuses on the whiskey crafty and one's relationship with whiskey, how, yeah. how, how our body appreciates it. So we talk about biology and physiology, and then we talk about the drama. So that's what volume one is, but volume right. two, is, is the one that I interviewed you. So Crafty will be in volume two. Volume oh. two is Alchemy of Distilling. So that's production. Awesome. So that's volume two. So that will be maybe 
it was meant to be the end of this month, but I think it might be a wee bit later. Yeah, don't put yourself under pressure. Not in these times. <laughs> yes. Oh. All right. Well, thanks again, Rachel. Thank, Thank you, Crafty. And guys, lovely to meet you all. And listen, all the best, Crafty. And we'll be in touch soon. Yep, we will. Talk to you later. Thank Slangeva. you very much. Slangeva. Later. Cheers. All right, that was Rachel. Rachel McNeil from the Isla Whiskey Academy. A beautiful person, beautiful story. And it was a good one to share. And we'll leave it at that, eh?